0: G'day and welcome to Listener. (laughs) I love this. This is an adventure in sound and certainly is from serious to fun. We have all emotions. This one was a little bit serious concerning the crime in Townsville. He's a great fella, but he talks about the next generation. Let's have a listen to a little chat I had with Professor Frank Oberclade. Have we learnt from the past, mate?
1: We are learning from the past. It's a really complex issue. There's no really simple solutions. And like all complex issues, it's one step forwards, two step backwards.
0: I understand. Everyone's been using the term complex, mate. It wasn't like that years ago.
1: Well, it's complex from a policy point of view because politicians don't like thinking a long way ahead because the electoral cycles are very short and they're under pressure from their constituents. And and it's no fun. I can really understand understand the anxiety of people living in Townsville. Nobody likes their cars to be broken into or their houses to be broken into. And they want short-term solutions. And they think short-term solutions are for the police to lock these kids up. But to their credit, you know, I was very impressed on my visit. I think the police department there are doing a fantastic job.
0: Oh, in- Mate, everyone in this town, Frank, knows that. You know, we're all supportive of our coppers. Hodsey and yep. the guys and girls are brilliant.
1: The fact that they were interested in the science of prevention, that they invited me to come up and talk about the science, is a testament to the fact they're trying to think outside the box to what to do. And they're quite correct, mm in saying you can't solve this problem by keeping on locking kids up. You know, you've got to take a longer-term view and look at the causes of these sorts of problems. Right. And that's what I mean by complex. On the one hand, politicians are responding to their constituents to quick action, understandably, but there's no quick action. So the police are under pressure from government, I understand that, under pressure from the residents of Townsville, I understand that. But you can't just keep on building more youth justice centres and more prisons. That's not going to solve it because there's generations of kids coming through that are going to replace them. So to their credit, they're looking at the pathways to these problems. And the research has been clear for a long time what these pathways are. It's not as if these kids suddenly turn out to have problems and Mm. suddenly turn out there are clues from an early age that things are a bit off track and and that's where we need to be investing and the police understand that but that requires a long-term view a, a generational view and that's difficult
0: so you've researched this we start now when are we going to make sure we don't have to lock our garage
1: Well, not this generation, I think. (laughs) Well, I think the reality is, as the police were saying, that there's a small, hardened cohort of kids that are doing a lot of the damage. And I hate to say this as a paediatrician, but it's almost too late for them. You've got to now be investing in the younger kids and the next generation. Uh, Why
0: didn't this happen before, Frank?
1: Well, for two reasons. Governments, and I'm not criticising the Queensland government, they're no different from any other government. Yeah. It's hard for them to think long term because they think in electoral yeah. cycle.
0: I know you said that, but the thing is we can't use that as an excuse when a 10-year-old kid's got a knife at a young lady and getting her car. Sure. It's, can't we get that small amount of kids, lock them away or take them out west? Do you agree with the on-country?
1: Uh, maybe. But, you know, the other thing is prevention is a hard sell because you can't take... Politicians or the media to a school or a community and show them prevention. It's invisible. You know, there are no photo opportunities, there are no announcements. (laughs) So it's much easier for governments to react and say, we're going to build another prison or we're going to lock these kids up. That's what I mean by complex. It's a hard message to get across. As I said, I was very impressed in my visit. They're doing all the things that I would suggest. The research shows. And okay. At one of the meetings, I was asked, anyone in the world that can visit and doing it better? And I said, well, there are little pockets here and there, but I suspect if a police delegation went and visited a half a dozen centres overseas, I'm not sure they'd learn all that much. What they would learn is what they're doing in Townsville is as good as anywhere.
0: Mm. What is your message when you went to the Townsville North Youth Justice Centre? You know, you addressed our mates, our copper mates, and everyone involved. What was your message
1: the message was that they're, they're on track they're doing the right thing and there's no simple solutions
0: but frank the- frank we need a solution we need a solution now with all due respects to the generation to come and that's great so what do we do let the kids go now you're saying we can't always lock them up okay that's fair but frank last night we had this 10 year old young girl two of them you know knives at people's
1: throats yeah. well, look, we can't do that frank
0: i can't accept
1: that i agree look i'm not a police expert you know, You're a kids it. expert then why are they doing it because they grew up in disadvantaged environments they grow up with families that don't provide yeah. the nurture and care and the guidance that these people need you know i don't know what the queensland data are like in new south wales the data suggests now that it costs two thousand dollars per day do you for what For one young person in social justice, that's three quarters of a million dollars a year. Now, if we invested 10% of that or 20% of that before the kids were born, supporting families, year one, year two, year three, get them in a really good childcare, get wraparound services for them. In the next generation, we would see a decrease in the sort of problems that we're seeing now.
0: Yeah, well, you Dylan, give me an answer for now. It's very frustrating in our city. I've I talked to my Indigenous mates. I've got some great mates in Elders who probably met the other day. They're great fellas. Their on-country situation is a great idea in the sense, if we do it promptly, get the kids out of town, then we can talk to the parents.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. That sounds like a reasonable thing to do. But as I said, I'm not an expert in policing. You know, Yeah, I, think-
0: I understand that. You are an expert in the kids, though. Would it make a difference? Were you and I brought up different previously?
1: Well, I think we had guidance. I think we had a stable family. Okay. I think yeah. we had a family that looked out for us under the circumstances of disadvantage and displacement. Mm. And these families struggle to do that. So there's alcohol involved. Yeah. You know, these yeah. kids have fetal alcohol syndrome. So you've got to get at the roots. You've got to yep. get at the beginning. So what happens to these kids? They grow up without guidance. They get mm. pressure from their own peer group. Yep. Their self-esteem depends on doing these terrible things so that they look cool to their peer group. Yep. These are all things that kids that grow up in middle-class advantage environments don't need because they get the validation okay. from their parents, from their families. They don't need to steal cars. They don't need to do hold-ups to get approval from their peer group. They get approval from their parents. So imagine these kids have grown up in an unstable environment. Parents, for one reason or another, haven't been able to do the sort of things we know kids need. So the validation and the esteem they get is from their peer group. And the way to do that is to do... What's happening in Townsville now? So we need to turn that around. Yep, it's not going to happen overnight. It's it's going to take resources. It's going to take a long-term commitment. It's going to take money. But it's even if you don't care about these kids from an economic point of view, you save money down the line. Okay, Uh, yeah, you know,
0: Frank. You know, you're right. There's no doubt about that and we we want a great future for these kids. We want a great future for their parents too. We understand that things aren't right. Did we stuff up a generation ago by not looking after these families and kids? Didn't the government do their own research? Didn't they talk to
1: Franks of this world 30 years ago? Look, we've known this for a long, long time and I think it's challenging for government but you're right. I think about 15 years ago, the Australian Attorney General Amanda Bonestone yep. put together an expert working group to look at causes of crime and it was chaired by Professor Ross Hommel, who's a Queenslander and they published a report and basically it said if you want to fix up crime get the early years right so yes. quite right we've had two generations now where we've known the knowledge we've <laughs> known what to do yep. and we just haven't had the government commitment to do that we're starting to see that change now but we still need a significant investment in those early years, supporting families, making sure that kids grow up in the sort of environments we know will help them. We know will make a difference. We've known for years and years and years the sort of an environment, the sort of family environment, the school environment that young kids need to thrive and develop to their potential. We've also known for a long, long time those risk factors that stop kids fulfilling their potential and we know from a very early age these kids get onto a trajectory that's heading for trouble. We've known that for ages and ages. We just haven't had this significant commitment to do something about it.
0: You know, mate, listening to you is just enlightening and you're right. Let's hope and pray the next generation is better and, you know, we can, well, you did say earlier that it's a bit late for these kids that are out on the streets right now. So, okay, that's a point. And justice has to
1: prevail there with those kids. Yeah, they're saying it's never too early, it's never too late. So <laughs> we shouldn't give up on any kids. No, we need that's to keep true. On finding solutions for them.
0: It's also been said that those kids don't know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. I don't agree with that. Yeah, okay. But I think Do you say that? Pres- Do you say that these kids don't know the difference?
1: Well, I don't know, but what I do know is that the pressure from their peer group, these are kids that have grown up without any validation of who they are, not knowing who they are, they haven't achieved at school, maybe they haven't even gone to school. So a middle-class kid goes to school and learns to read and the teacher says, you know, nice job, Steve, Mm. or nice job, Jane. And so they're getting validation and self-esteem and self-worth all of the time. I would think many of these kids have missed out on that. They don't have a sense of their self-worth. Their self-esteem has not been uh, developed. They haven't been praised. They've been in an unstable home situation. Okay. Yep, yep. So the way they get the sense of self, the way they get a sense of who they are, is from their peer group. And they're hanging out with a peer group that are doing these things. And the way to get validation is from doing the things that they see their older peer group doing. And that's a vicious cycle. At
0: 10 years old, my God. Do the governments listen to you? And no doubt our coppers did because they're terrific people at the early action group. Did they listen to you? They're going to make a
1: difference. Yes, they listen, but there's no simple solution. Sustained government commitment over a long period of time You need to do that despite some constituents who want short-term action. There are no short-term solutions. And the police quite rightly say we can't solve this problem by building more prisons, by locking up more and more of these kids.
0: Then what am I going to say to these parents, these young families now who are frightened in our city, Frank? Frightened. We've got no right to be frightened. We pay our taxes to be safe. Governments take the money that we pay them to keep up. Safe? That's fraud. We are not safe. We are frightened. Tell us the answer, Frank.
1: I learned of a hollow diversion programs, getting kids off the streets, yep. giving them alternate things to do. Partnerships with sports clubs, with businesses, yep. in apprenticeships. We just have to find different ways that these yeah. kids getting praised, that these kids building their self esteem. Yep. The police in Townsville have got a whole range of diversion programs and intervention programs that i was very impressed with and that game for these kids that are already in trouble the way to get them off the streets is to give them alternate environments where they learn to feel good about themselves where they learn to pick up mm. skills with a view then down the line with the young people to holding down a job doing an apprenticeship yep, yep. earning money they get self esteem that way
0: you know you're right we've discussed it all now frank and you know that's great for our future and i feel a little bit concerned about the problem now. As I go home, my girl's been at home alone. Is she frightened? I understand the police do a great job. I truly, truly do. I just wish we could, yes, help the kids. We're looking good for a new generation. If they listen to you, I feel great about the next generation. If they listen to you, the government's listened to you, all those things you said are fine, but mate, things are crook now.
1: Yeah,
0: I get that. Mate, you're a good man. And I'd like to keep in contact with you and I hope all those points you made, your great research is used for our next generation to help the kids and to help their mums and dads. Great.
1: Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the interview and you're a legend.
0: Good luck to you, mate. People like you make a difference. Thank you. That's the future, but what about now? Professor Frank and thanks for joining us on listener. Happy days.